Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, hey. Internet World. What's going on? Oh, we are back as usual on it's this true. wonderful Friday evening, uh, nearing the end of April. So uh, those May flowers should be blooming anytime we had soon. Many showers. My name is Grant, and I am here with professional child abductor Jake. Yeah, but I just I just uh, put him back home. He abducts. It's kind of like I abduct them from the abductors, and I bring them home. No, no, don't don't lie. It's like a puzzle. It's a he, service. He abducts them from their homes and puts them in different homes and pranks the families. Only with newborns, so they can't really tell. Yeah, no one really knows. Uh, but it, it, it's a fun hobby that he has. You know, it's it's really fun. I, I guess uh, that's my hobby. I'm Jake. Yeah, I don't have the proper equipment. I'm trying to break into that hobby, but I just. I've taken you on ride-alongs for it. It's. I just want. I want to get my own van and my own candy stash. But I just. I eat all the candy, so I yeah. can't have. Yeah. Yeah. That. that was a short night when I took you out. But hey, we are starting a cult. Yeah. We are. We are starting a cult, and today, we thought we would have. I. I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I cannot believe that this is something we haven't talked about before, only because, it's kind of, our the entire basis of what we do. Yeah. yeah um, pretty much. It's pretty much it, it. It has a hand in almost every topic we do, maybe excluding true crime to a certain degree. But that anything else is fair game. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the just some declassified UFO cases, things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. And um, before we we begin, I want to I want to make this known. Okay, just because something is a UFO does not necessarily mean it is alien or from another world. Um, I tend to really enjoy the thought that maybe it is. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's the whole mythos around it. That's what kind of keeps it so fun and exciting and fresh. But really, it just means we, we don't know what that is. Yeah, exactly. Now, the reason that I'm, all, I'm always so fascinated by things that get declassified... Um, mostly because when something is classified, that means it's currently 
under investigation or the investigation closed recently enough to where it doesn't need to be shared yet. Yeah, I think it's like 50 years is the mm-hmm. is the uh, the window that it has to be classified. And um, to me, if you ask me, when the government of the United States of America is investigating an unidentified flying object or an unidentified submerged object... Uh, that kind of opens the door to me to think that maybe these are alien. Because why would they be investigating something that if they know what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, now, that d- necessarily doesn't exclude some Ted Kaczynski types out there that, you know, might be able to make their own flying devices. But I would, I would be uh, very impressed if someone could make a large aircraft without anyone knowing that they're making it. Was Ted Kaczynski like making making flying machines? No, I but thought he, he was, was just, just he was just smart and he yeah. did bombs. You know, <laughs> he was just smart. He was sending bombs through the mail. Like he was kind of on his own. He was doing his own thing. Yeah, like there's got to be. Yeah. I know there's people out there right now that like no one really knows where they're at. They kind of just live somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And Dude, that's what Ted Kaczynski was doing. He's just out in the woods in a little shack, uh, drinking warm, stale milk. That's what I'm making saying. bombs, sending Someone, them to his foes. There could, there could, you know, being the devil's advocate, there could be a Ted Kaczynski type out there that maybe makes some type of drone or flying device. I'm sure there are like three at any given time. But you know, it's hard to say that all of these can be explained so easily because there are thousands of them there are thousands of declassified documents only about ufos i mean there's declassified documents about everything and anything you could possibly want it's quite the pool to sift through but yeah and as of january of 2021 when the covid stimulus bill was brought in 2700 documents were made declassified about different UFO sightings and reports. Thanks to Marco Rubio for some reason. So that is roughly 3,000 cases were dropped in a matter of days, were just open to the public. Um, now, I mean, you know, you might be asking, where do I find this? You really, you got to kind of sift through the internet. Because if you tend to just look up uh, on uh, declassified UFOs, you're just going to find news articles, videos, things like that. Yeah, I was running into a lot of that this week. But there are uh, websites uh, specifically. I will I will link one that I like to use below on uh, the show notes. And it houses hundreds and possibly even thousands of documents that are now declassified. And they just put them up as PDFs on the website. So you can see the actual document. Now, don't get too excited because... Most of these are redacted, so, you know, you're not going to... It's just, yeah, pieces of paper with, like, some dude's signature at the bottom. Yeah. And you, nothing else. You might not get a ton of information, but the fact that they exist and are accessible, it's a good time to be alive. I mean, where else are you going to find cool. these? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it would be it would be hard to talk about every case. I think it would nece- it would take us decades to dissect (laughs) every individual case so we don't have that kind of time today we're kind of just having a good time we're going to talk about some cases that have been uh brought to the light because of declassification or maybe things that we were aware of that uh we got more information confirmation because of it and um it's just uh, you know so sit back enjoy and understand that 
every story that you will hear on this episode or everything we discuss, uh, it, it will have a document attached to it that you can find if you want to see it. So yep. it's uh, it's a fun little ride out there. You know, it's a weird world, and a lot of things are secret. Yeah. You want to kick it off? I would like to kick it off, and I would like to kick it off with a short little... It's not even really a story. All mine are kind of short and quick, but they're very interesting. That's fine. That's kind of where yeah. I'm at, too. It's just, I, you just bring it up as a talking point. I yeah. mostly... Yeah, this is, it's it going to be a very relaxing groovy. episode. We're just going to chill. We're all going to just hang out. Just, just fucking chill, wind. dude. I think I would be remiss if we did not talk about Dr. J. Allen Hynek, okay? For those of you that are unaware... Dr. J. Allen Hynek was somebody who was extremely skeptical of the entire UFO world, okay? He was very... He was a bit of a downer. He was very... He was a scientific mind, okay? He was very... There's no possible way that this could happen. There's nothing... There's no way that these are alien. There has to be some type of explanation. Until he was enlisted to work on Project Blue Book, which is arguably the biggest, most notable declassification thing yeah. out there when it comes to aliens. Blue books, dude. You remember taking those tests in college where it was just a blank blue book and you just had to write everything? I do. I do remember Awful. that. Those were not Awful. great. But anyway. So the reason I bring up Dr. J. Allen Hynek is because he's a very interesting specimen to talk about. He is a very known skeptic who gets roped into the government, essentially, um, and they hire him for that specific reason. They're having him investigate some of these wild claims that are out there, okay? And over the years of him doing research and compiling data and, you know, doing all of the work he's doing, he completely did a 180, and he is a firm, firm believer that extraterrestrials exist and that the things he's encountering are, in fact, alien, perhaps. Yeah. He went completely from fucking uh, Snopes to a green text website. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, he investigated a lot of different stories. Um, one of my personal favorites I'll talk about later, because I know Mitch is here as well. I, I didn't say yeah, that earlier. he was peeing. But I know it's one of Mitch's favorite stories, and I uh, we'll, we'll talk about that one a little bit later. But Alan, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, just a badass dude. He's He's kind of... All the proof you really need in the UFO world, um, because the guy is a very accredited like man. He's no one th like he's not just some Joe Schmo that pops in, right? Like he's he's the real deal. And he was completely converted to the belief that aliens exist, and he might have even investigated some cases where aliens were there. And I don't know; it's very intriguing. Now, Project Blue Book, okay, that was declassified. I don't know the exact year, but it was. I was in high school, so, so it was pretty recent. It was like 2015 at the latest. Yeah, I want to say it was maybe 2012 ish. Good year, yeah. And Project Blue Book, it just it's not necessarily its own project. It's just a bunch of different studies on different uh, cases and investigations that they've done, and some of them are kind of impossible to answer like for instance one of the earliest cases was a pilot uh and he came down and he was very very adamant that he had seen a craft in the shape of a pyramid and it was whizzing in all different directions up down left right straight backwards with no 
no repercussions. And for those of you who have ever been in an airplane, it is not easy to get an airplane to move. Okay, like it it requires a lot of distance and speed. And this thing was just at the drop of a hat, boop, just going up in the air, just hanging out. Now this kind of opened the door because this guy was in the Air Force, okay? So this guy had credentials that we were like, maybe we should listen to him, right? You know, he flies. Like this, guy, we can't just write him off. He's not just some guy that hopped into a plane. And this was kind of the early edition of the snowball effect that the Blue, the Project Blue Book would take, because upon investigating this, they couldn't really figure out what to do, but they realized that it had a real psychological effect on the individual, and. This kind of led Dr. Hynek to believe that even if it didn't happen, even if it was all fabricated, the person telling the story truly believed what they saw. So that is enough to kind of investigate and dig in and see what you can find. Yeah, it's just like with ghosts, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's a very personal experience. So when someone has physical reactions to things because of something they've seen, you can kind of infer that, okay, this this might be a little bit bigger than we originally thought. Yeah, yeah. And that is kind of the role that Dr. J. Allen Hynek has played in the UFO world, or ufology as they so call it. You know? Ufology. Um, and it, it, it really requires an open mind, so I want you to understand, keep your mind open, okay? Yeah. Enjoy yourself, enjoy what we're about to tell you. So, Jake, why don't you hit us? Hit us with a, a nice little... Dude, you're talking about some pyramid things just whizzing around in the air. There was something that was just declassified on April 6th of this year. Yes, I, that I was actually the fu- saw that. It was fucking little pyramid boys. Yeah. It was fucking insane. Uh, apparently, like, there were three photographs uh, that were taken by, like, U.S. military, or Navy specifically, that were leaked. And um, the specific article that I found on it like the video is insane. I think we we should like post something about that video. Oh yeah, no, I yeah, it is a cool video. Yeah. It's very weird. It's very interesting. But so the particular article that I like found on this, it was fucking uh, theblackvault.com. That that's where I got it. Uh, they were trying to like verify the story before they posted it, and so they actually like contacted like the people in charge of uh, the the Department of Defense. Basically, they contacted them and were like, is this, like, real? And they like, all right, yes, it is real. We don't know what it is, and it was taken by Navy personnel. They're like, okay, cool. So they, like, triple-checked. He was just, like, badgering them with emails. They were like, I, we can give you no more information. And, Ooh, that's, yeah. when I get, that's when my ears kind of perk up. When yeah. They're like, we can't tell you anymore. It's like, Why? Basically, yeah. And so it was like three photos and a video, and like there was a timestamp, or not a timestamp, but there was like a label in the in the bottom of the actual uh, video that said like it was not to be discussed. It was like it was classified specifically as like a UFO or unexplained aerial phenomenon, like UAF, yeah, yeah, yeah. or UAP. There it is. You got it. But. Um, so they emailed him back about that specific label in the bottom, and they were just kind of dodging the question. They're like, we can't confirm or deny that that is the classification, because that is what was leaked, is that classification of the specific video and mm-hmm. pictures. It's like, we can't verify that. 
but we can verify that the pictures are correct. But what this article got into was how can you verify the like photograph and the video with it, but not the caption at the bottom within that same video. Right. So he's like, so the lines that we've drawn, it's like, yes, they're saying it without they're saying it. They're just like this. We don't know what this is, and it is a crazy-ass video. I want to post it, but I don't know if I can. No, it it is a wild video, and uh, even further, there's some of the people that saw it, there are, in the official reports, there's claims that the craft went uh, in in the water, underneath the water, and then above the water, all in one yeah. swift motion. So, again, back to what I was saying a moment ago, any of you that have ever been in an aircraft, we have never successfully built a multi-purpose aircraft, meaning that it can't go underwater go like travel in the water and then just fly out when it feels it's done yeah it was just like that uh i'm pretty sure it was the philadelphia experiment that episode where we were talking about that orb that kind of did that same thing Mm -hmm. and a vortex would just open underneath not a vortex but like a little opening would go into the water and it would just kind of slide in there and then slide back out as it was closing behind it and just shoot into the air maybe this is the new and improved pyramid version new sleek design and what's funny is um in a roundabout way, the the government. And when I refer to the government, I'm referring to the United States the government. government. Um, because that that's what we'll be dealing with today is the cases that are you know at least documented in America. Yeah. So the Pentagon, uh, they in a roundabout way, they haven't openly admitted that it's a UFO, but when like how Jake said, they've like confirmed said- that the footage is real. They've confirmed that they're unaware of what it is. Yeah. So in a very uh, dancing around the question sort of way, they admitted that it's a UFO. Yeah. I mean, they don't know what it is. They didn't say it, but they were like, these are correct. Yeah. These are, we don't, okay, yes, we're verifying this. At first, like when they first asked, like the first two or three emails, they were just like, we can only verify that this footage was taken by Navy personnel. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they just kept badgering him. It's like, yes, it's it's real fucking footage. They're like, do you know what it is? It's like, I can confirm that this is real footage. And it's like, <laughs> I can confirm. Everything about this is real. And, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but this is huge news for me because for the first time ever, ever, the government is admitting that there are UFOs, that there are things in the air that they're unaware of it. UFOs, least. UAPs, whatever you want to call them, they're out there. And now, the government's like, fucking yeah, buddy. You have to, you have to, you know, keep a as part of an open mind. You have to be on both sides. So there is the question raised of could this be some type of aircraft, uh, possibly from another country? Uh, you know, the biggest that come to question would be like China or Russia. Uh, is this some type of secret military craft that perhaps they're working on? Um, I am uneducated in military craft and secret production of military craft. Yeah, yeah. But... It hasn't been declassified yet. I can tell you this. I uh, that It's not possible to do some of the things that are claimed about this particular instance... I don't know if it's not possible. It's not possible based on what we as a country like have at our disposal, so we think. I mean... You know what I mean? But if you want to get technical, it, it would break the laws of physics that we're 
we abide by. Maybe Russia and China are because uh, flipping physics of the bird. We really wouldn't yeah. know. I mean, I, maybe, again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just because I'm not well-versed in the world of physics. But as far as I understand, you cannot travel at a speed above a certain mile per hour, okay? Like, you can't go too fast and just dip into the water with no change. Like, no change no, in yeah, velocity. No, you're going fast enough, water acts like concrete. Right. You're just, yeah, you're decimated. And for this craft to experience no change in speed or direction, or to have no at least visible damage to it is completely against what we understand scientifically. Yeah. Speaking outside of the, the like uh, context of this specific video with the with the whole water plunging down and all this mm-hmm. shit, um, all these like unidentified things that are coming up in the news, like there is a real life theory online that like it's just the government is saying that they're un- unidentified to cover up the fact that the US has just been invaded in a sense by like foreign drones not invaded but like they're it they're keeping tabs you know what i mean it could be i mean that's like a theory i ran across it's not necessarily out of the question i mean i'd say we live in the age of surveillance um it's very layered it's like it's it's such a conspiracy that it's throwing out every conspiracy that you might think it is Kind of, It's yeah. like, this is the most realistic, maybe I, this is real. And I think, at least for me personally, aliens and... When, when I say UFO and I t- I'm discussing aliens or extraterrestrials for that matter, I, I think that that is the most simple answer because it's unexplained. So how would we not attribute something unexplained to something larger that is unexplained? Or something that we're unaware of, you know? It's the religious way of thinking. It's very simple as humans. And let's face it, we like to act like we're so smart. We're really not as smart as we give ourselves credit. We, we really are not. And when it comes to being a species, we tend to do things in ways that aren't that simple because they just make money. And that's what we're all about. Yeah, you got to have middlemen or else the economy collapses. So the fact that we are a species that likes the simple answers but we typically don't accept them when they're given. That would It kind of sways me personally towards the aliens. However, you have to understand that there's a lot of places out there that are kind of in the same technology that we are, if not more. I mean, just because the United States has this label of like, oh, we're number one when it comes to the military, you don't fuck with us. It doesn't mean that there's not other countries that are capable of doing this, you know? Yeah. And I think it's a valid, uh, I I mean, I'd call it a conspiracy, but I think it's valid to say that these could potentially be some type of surveillance items from other countries. Yeah. Or hell, even our own. Maybe it's it's easier to deny than tell the truth. Maybe they're just lying. There's, (laughs) you know, maybe they're just watching us. It's It's our own government. They're like, I don't know what that is. They blame Lee Harvey Oswald for the death of JFK. When he was just a fucking hungover newbie CIA agent. When we can Or Secret Service. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of evidence on both sides of it. I think it's pretty clear to say that the average person in this country, and probably even around the globe at least, that are interested in this, um, they're very aware that Lee Harvey Oswald, even if he is the person that got the final shot it was almost impossible that he acted alone. And there's almost no yeah. way that that could have been done. Yeah. So He just happened to be trying to do the thing that happened. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was like, a, it was a crazy situation, but... 
And he, he did not do it. Yeah, to think. me, it, it kind of that, – that's the thing with these declassified documents is that it it almost raises more questions because you, you're getting a little bit of answers, but they're not the answers you want. You know, it's not like, yes, this was that or No, yeah, true. I mean, like, no further information came from these things being documented. So why would we – like, are we to just, like, look at it? It's like, oh, I figured it out, not the government. They just had to give me their fucking documents. It's like, right? you know, they, they don't really lead anywhere necessarily. It's just kind of like, this is a more detailed description of what I sort of already knew. And to me, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think um, anyone that is, especially the military. Now, you know, everyone's got their opinion on the military and things like that. And just because you're in the military... It doesn't mean that you're a credible source. It just means that you're in the military. Yeah, you enlisted, and you but, could do some push-ups. And you work very hard, thanks. But In a lot of these cases, I you kind of have to believe them because especially these cases that go back into the 50s and 60s and yeah. 70s, I mean, you're putting a lot on the line when you're giving your name and attaching it to this wild story that arguably no one's going to believe. Like, you are really kind of putting yourself out there. Yeah. And to me, it, it kind of goes back to the Betty and Barney Hill where, I mean, they they were the kind of the first people to have something like this that open on the media. Yeah, and they, like, as a mixed-race couple back then, had kind of everything to lose. No, exactly. By doing that. So it's like people, it's so easy to write off, like, oh, well, this person, they faked it or they did this. It's like... I don't know what I mean. I don't necessarily buy that. Even someone like Travis Walton, who I'm personally a big fan of his story because his story's badass. Yeah, it has almost everything you want. And I mean, there there are a lot of people out there that you know can be skeptical of that story and like, oh, you know, he made money and he made a movie and now he's a, a well known name in that world and he goes to like talks like talking circuits and he does things and it's like, but you're lucky he told the story, right? And it's like. But what you're not grasping is it's not like this guy made a six-figure check because of what he did. Even if he made money, it wasn't free. You know, like, yeah. it was work. Like, he, he wrote a book. And he had to go through the insane trauma of being kidnapped for five days. Right, so it's and like... like <laughs> I'm sure he would have made far more money as the, the uh, what is it, the lumberjack that he was before this all happened. Exactly. And you my know? thing is, you have to show compassion because, to me... It's the same, I mean, you could translate these UFO and alien stories to things in real life. And when you just openly don't believe somebody because you think they might be a shady character, it it's not fair to yourself because then in the instance that something like this happens to you or, God forbid, you get abducted by an alien, who's going to believe you, you know? Like, no one's going to believe you. Yeah. So... I think it's instead of writing them off as like, oh, they made that up or it's crazy, at least let them talk. It's like, take a sec, maybe kind of look back at it, you know? Just like, what if that was you, just having gone through what they're saying they went through, and they're just sitting on the other end like, mm, no, mm-hmm. this guy's insane. And no, I'm, it's like, no, you're insane. I'm really glad you brought that story up because I, I, was, I watched a couple videos today uh, of the footage and stuff, Yeah, and I mean... That that made the circuit, dude. Like that was all on. It was on the news. It's on a bunch of different media outlets. It's crazy, dude. They but, were talking about it on Australia, uh, like Australian news channels, American news channels. 
Russian news channels. Like it was international. It was global. Hell yeah, dude. And that is to me that's huge. I I think it's funny that the Navy they typically report more UFOs than anybody. They're on the forefront of it all. But what's funny is like you think I mean, I guess maybe that's just again, finding the simplest solution. You think it would be like the Air Force, you know? They're a second in line to most reports, I'd say. Oh, definitely. And they're always working together. I mean, they were one branch until they split up. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. You know, like aircraft carriers, they're always, they're button heads, but you know. But see, now this opens the door to further conversation, okay? Because to me, UFOs, there seems to be one common denominator in a lot of different UFO stories, right? And in a heavy majority of these, at least those that are well-documented and seen, they happen by water. And this, this this kind of plays into why the Navy is so aware and capable of seeing these things. Yeah. Because if it really is a UFO, whether it be terrestrial or extraterrestrial in origin, it doesn't want to be spotted. It's not flying over Kansas, you know, like... It's in not a, all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's not it's not in Manhattan right now, just floating around like, oh hey, I'm up here in the sky. It's they're in very very remote, dark locations that I would say the majority of the population are not at most of the time. Yeah, and I think that kind of, I mean, it could kind of sway you either way. Um. To either conspiracy, whether it being man-made or some type of alien-made craft. But you got to understand that they're not trying to be spotted. Okay? No, of course not. They're very... Uh, what's the right word? Secretive is not the right word. They're like... They're trying to not get very caught. sly. And I mean... They're sly dogs. It is funny. Like, you think of like a story like the Phoenix Lights or the Battle of Los Angeles. Like, yeah those lights over the city, like, those are, like, very rare. I mean, those are not happening every day, but UFO sightings are happening every day. Yeah, just a majority over water. Exactly. Dude, before you get into your next thing, uh, something that I came across just, like, while doing this, that kind of has something to do with, like, the government, like, dealing with, uh, you know, saucers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's this thing called Project 1794, Ooh. Or one seven nine four or whatever. Okay, okay. It's a declassified uh, flying saucer plan. They were trying to build a flying saucer in nineteen fifty six, and it was called Project One Seven Four. Uh, one seven nine four. Damn it! I find that funny because this, this that is post Project Blue Book. Isn't that crazy? So they're already investigating into some of these cases, and now they're trying to build their own. Yeah. Dude, they were trying to design something to be supersonic, uh, something to achieve Mach 3, 4 speeds, you know? Mach like 3, come on, Jake. Mach. Come on, it's not a big Mac. No, I'm kidding. Did I say Mac? Yeah, you did. Fuck. It's okay. I, I sound I, like such an idiot. I really appreciated it. It's okay. I, Mach. We fuck up words Mac all the time. Mach 3, 4. We're not like uh, professional pron- pronunciators, you yeah, know? I should be. That'd be a cool Anyway, job. yeah, they were trying to go like Mach 3, 4, uh, capable of like vertical flight and extremely high altitudes. It didn't fucking work. That makes sense. They got like 18 inches off the ground, and that was it. But they there's footage of it. It's cool, and it's it looks insane. I'll post a picture of this one, too. 
But yeah, Project 1794. Ooh, the government okay. was developing fucking flying sauces. I like that. Yeah, that looks like the old school, like the Navy Earth stood still type yeah. of craft. Uh, Mitch, you had something to say. What are you What are you chiming in with here? Hit me, hit me, yeah, baby. Hit I me, just want to say that it's funny how we always make jokes about like, you know, things going mock. <laughs> it's like this is going like Mach five. Mm-hmm. It's like it's actually not that crazy when it comes to airplanes. No, it's not. Yeah, which is funny because I'm like, are you serious? You break the sound barrier, but like, it, it's it's really not that crazy when you look at some of these. Even like, look at this picture. Let's see. Let's see like this that. picture. Like that's oh, yeah. real. No, I believe it. I mean, um, I mean, you think your average like passenger airplane can travel upwards of four hundred and fifty miles an hour? It's pretty fast. Like it's, that's uh... pretty fucking fast. And if you got like a fighter jet, I'm sure there's ways you could double that. And the sound, the sound barrier is not that hard to break. Okay, I no. mean. I'm not saying you or I could go do it right now, but it can be done. Well, not without some machine of some sort. The picture I just showed you, this plane goes Mach 20. Mach, Mach 20, 20 is the planes. plane that Mitch showed us. That's an, it's interesting. I would like you to send me that picture because I, I enjoy that. That's God, nice. Now I don't know if I said Mach with an accent to be Mach. fun or what. I don't know what I did. So I got... I got I, I, oh, I'm so happy that this came up because this... This is really the one that I've been waiting to talk about for years. 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 <laughs> I mean, even previous to us even having a podcast where we talk about these things. You're like, I got to get this out. This was something that I was beyond interested in. Beyond interested in. And we've we've brought it up a couple times. We've talked about it before. But that would be the Flatwoods Monster. Oh, okay? yeah. Now, the Flatwoods Monster... The information on it is now declassified. It is also a part of Project Blue Book. And it is a wonderful little tale, and it's a one-time story, okay? And this was in the evening of September 12th, 1952. Okay, we're going to travel to Braxton County, West Virginia. Uh, And the little town is called Flatwoods, you know, just in case you were confused yeah, on the locale that's where the name came from right so we got two people they're the main they're the key stars in this story okay so you got edward and fred may okay now they're hanging out outside it's around seven fifteen, and they're outside with their buddy tommy Heyer. so they see this crazy red light shoot through the sky like i mean blister through the sky it's not like a little hovering dot it's like you know, it's like the cartoon sound effect attached yeah. to it. What year was this? 1952. 52. So there weren't probably high-powered lasers back then. I, I would venture a guess and say they definitely... I don't think so. Even if they did exist, they were not being used in Braxton County, West Virginia. I mean, I'm just going to assume. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to assume. So they see this red light, and it comes crashing down in this farm nearby who was owned by this guy named G. Bailey Fisher. Uh, it's not super necessary, but I, I'll just refer to it Spectacular as like, names, honestly. It's like Fisher's Farm, you know, so you know, like, you have an idea of what we're talking about here. Fishes. So Fisher's Farm, the boys are out, right? And they're, they're kind of freaking out, so they run home, and they're telling their mom, right? Kathleen, Kathleen May, okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kathleen. Um, so she was like, okay, you know, I'm sure you boys are just talking about nothing, like, let's go look. <laughs> I'm so, sure this is bullshit. 
Um, so she went out, and then a couple other people from the neighborhood, like, that were aware of what was going on, or at least, like, heard some crash, they all kind of joined. So there's this little, like, convoy walking down to Fisher's Farm to go see what the hubbub's about, right? And it's 1952. It's not like, I mean, I don't know. It's not like this is a common occurrence. Yeah, it's not even a common occurrence now. Like, Can you imagine, like, a group of, like, ten people just walking in the middle of the road, like, and just walking up your driveway? Mm, no, I can't. It'd be very nerve-wracking. I can't. I'd call the police. So this is where the story kind of gains a little bit of merit to myself and uh, other people out there that are familiar with the story. Uh, a National Guardsman from the state of West Virginia saw it as well, and he joined them in their little convoy over to Fisher's Farm, and that was Eugene Lemon. Okay, <laughs> All these are such great names for some reason. So Eugene Lemon... And the May family and a couple kids from the neighborhood are all on their way to Fisher's Farm. They want to know what the fuck happened. Okay, like they're they're kind of like this is this is strange. Like we want to see what's going on. Yeah. And so they're getting there, and they kind of climb on top of this hill, which overlooks the farm. So it goes. If you've ever been to West Virginia, I was unaware of this until I actually went there. Hilly as fuck. Oh my god, everything is up and down. There's not a there's not a piece of flat land anywhere. It's always fucking divoting. It's like, whoop, just kidding, whoop, just kidding, whoop, just kidding. It's always going up and down. It's kind of nice. So they climb this little hill that overlooks the backside of the farm, right? And they're looking out, and it, it's nighttime now. It's around 7.40-ish by the time everything happened. So it's dusky, perhaps. Dusky. And they see this red light, and it's flashing. Now, they described it as pulsing, like almost lifelike, the way it did. It was, it would get brighter, 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 dimmer, 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 yeah. brighter, brighter, brighter. It wasn't like on-off, on-off, on-off. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It had some, like, tempo to it. Um, so they're looking at it from this distance, right? And they're like, this is strange. So Eugene Lemon, the National Guardsman, Pulls out his flashlight, and he's like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna move in. Like we're gonna go see what's going on." So he takes a couple steps forward, and he starts shining the flashlight. And this is where he sees what would now be known as the Flatwoods monster. Okay, so he sees it's described. I'll quote this too. This is from Eugene Lemon. Quote: A man-like figure with a round red face, surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. Okay. Um, we've posted pictures before, but I yeah. will gladly post another picture of the Flatwoods monster. I think on our Facebook page, it's still the the oh yeah the header, is. right? Yeah, there's the child's the children drawing. Yeah, it's the uh, uh, it's. I don't know if it's still that, or I don't know if we. I don't even know. I haven't looked in a minute, but we do have a picture uh, on our Facebook. Yeah, uh, the description you just gave kind of just sounds like me drunk with a hat on. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but what's interesting is. This was no person, okay, because it was about 10 it feet tall. It was Jake tall. drunk with a hat on. Unless Jake added four feet to his height and traveled back in time. Fucking 10 feet tall? Yeah, it was 10 feet Jesus. tall. Jesus. It was 10 feet tall. It was huge. And it's often depicted as almost like looking like what would be a helmet on, like a clear helmet. But no one's i mean that could that could just be the shape of the head or whatever they saw Dude, i'll tell you what a drunken knight with stilts and a helmet that sounds hilarious mm-hmm. no it's creepy <laughs> <laughs> so it's 10 foot tall and um they said that its eyes uh were regular like kind of human eye shape but slanted 
and they would emit this green light from its eyes. Ooh. So it would kind of glow, kind of like a, you see like a dog or a cat in the darkness, you know, and they have like that oh, reflective, like reflective eye. Yeah, so they could see better in the dark. It was kind of doing something like that, but not as aggressive as like an animal. It was very soft. Um, it had hands, uh, which were described as claws. It had like hooked fingers. Does it have large talons? Uh, no talons that were mentioned, but it does have hands. Damn it. Uh, and it, it's important to note that at least the original people, Eugene Lemon and Kathleen May, the two arguably credible sources, as they're the adults that are there, they described that it had individual fingers and it had, like, hands. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a chicken's foot, you know? Like, it, they yeah, were an individual yeah. that could move on their own and, like, separate from each other. Did they get a count of the phalanges? Uh, they did not. I don't, Damn. I mean, they might have, but they ne- they didn't really go into too specific detail on yeah, that. Yeah, I can't imagine they were just analyzing the hands. So, according to Eugene Lemon, once they flashed the light at the individual in question, the monster, it emitted a small hissing sound similar to a deer, is what he said. Whoa. And it slowly glided towards them. And it didn't walk. It, it glided. It very... In one swift motion, like hot butter on a pancake, just slid <laughs> towards them. Okay. Now, this is when Eugene Lemon freaked the hell out, right? And he threw his flash, well, not threw it, but he dropped his light, and everyone kind of scattered because they were like, oh, fuck. That yeah. is bad news. Yeah, probably. We don't want any part of that as bad news. Um, Interestingly enough, there was. Everyone that saw this thing described it as an extremely pungent smell that came from either the craft or the individual. It was a craft? Uh, well, they didn't really see a craft, but this the, thing that was so emitting the, the light. Yeah, the light is where they think the craft was. They assumed was. it was some type of craft, perhaps. Okay. I don't know. I don't know I why I'm talking like guy. that. A craft, perhaps. A craft, maybe. It was a craft beer. But, um, yeah, so they said that there was a really strong smell... And it lingered in the air like mist. So it was something that they could see. Like, they were seeing this thick, foggy air. Did they have, like, comparisons to what it smelled like? Uh, no. All they said is that it made them nauseated. Like, they were going to throw up the second they smelled uh, it. Like, it was just... Poop. Um, so this is when the local police show up, right? And they were, they were called in because there were reports of an aircraft falling out of the sky and landing somewhere near Fisher's Farm. How ironic that everyone's here, like, uh, that's what we came to check out too, dude. Like, what the hell? <laughs> so everyone's kind of freaking out, and this is where they start telling their story, right? So eventually it is realized that there are these skid marks in the ground. So what that means to you is that something landed there, and it was something bigger than an animal because an animal does not leave skid marks. They might leave... If they're wearing underwear, I mean, maybe. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Put a, you know, like those bears on the commercial that love wiping their ass. Yeah, then no skid marks in that house. Um, But there were skids in the ground and deep, deep imprints into the the soil that would definitely point towards something was there. Something physically large was there. And it wasn't an animal because, I mean, even a bear, which is a big fucking animal does not leave deep imprints in the ground when it yeah, moves. You would know? have to work at that. Um, so this made it all over the country at the time. This was a huge story, okay? This was actually rated 
the number 11th story of the year, like biggest news story of the year. Really? Um, now, uh, interestingly enough, something they don't talk about a lot is the military came in to investigate this. And when I say that, I mean... Yeah, you said there was a National Gu- uh, Guard. Oh, I mean, right? like, the government came in, like, with military trucks. They came in hot. and for- Came in, like, for Randy Weaver with a bunch of, like, tanks and shit. Mm-hmm. Nice. And for those of you that are familiar with the Kecksburg incident, which is something I would like to cover very soon... Yeah, when the military shows up, when the government's there, it gets real, okay? Because, like, everything's roped off the local police department. They have no say in what happens. No one's allowed to see it. No one truly knows what type of investigation is going on there, okay? Yeah. So they come in, and they run their piece. They do their story, blah, blah, blah. They give it no explanation. They're like, who knows? Who knows what it could be? Now, in the year 2000, we're going to fast forward, okay? This is when the story kind of comes back to light because I think it was it was on the road to becoming declassified, so the story was kind of making the rounds again. People were remembering yeah. it. Internet's around at that point. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, guys, we're going to figure it out. Um, it has been uh, officially claimed that this was nothing more than a barn owl. That is the official accounting. A barn owl. I will. That's what's in the document. Yeah, I oh, thought yeah. that was like a a speculative thing. Oh no, 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 really? no! But see, you're missing out here. Okay. All right, I haven't let you finish because it never was that until the year 2000. So, in the official declassified document, there is no mention of an owl. The only time it's mentioned is in the notes of it, where there's speculation that maybe they saw like a big owl, but there there is never like. Anything substantial that they could, like, hang on to. And then by the year 2000, uh, they pretty much just heard this, and they were like, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what we're calling it. It's an owl. It's nothing. Um, Interestingly enough, on the night of September 12th in 1952, there was a meteor that was above West Virginia. So that, in a way, could possibly explain the source of light that they saw, okay? Hmm. But... That does not explain what they saw. And all of these people, uh, this goes back to the picture we have on our Facebook of the drawings. Those drawings are actually really interesting because those are done by the three kids, so the two May children and their friend. Yeah. Those were the official pictures that they drew all and done, gave to the police. Yeah, individually, not copying off each other. Right, like these were done separately. Like there, it was, I mean, obviously they weren't like, interrogated but they weren't all sitting in one room drawing something like they made them put the folders up so they couldn't cheat right they they were told like you know draw tell us what you saw like draw it for us like let's see and they all drew pretty much the same thing um so i'll talk about this barn owl thing for a minute okay now the barn owl i get it in a way in a weird way if you get it at the right angle in the right light and maybe you're at the right level of anxious or drunk or stoned it could look like some type of monster. It has a weird-shaped head, diamond-like eyes that kind of slant inward, and I don't, I've never seen a barn owl, but I'm assuming they can make some funky noises if they want to. Oh, I'm sure. So, okay, we have that, for instance, but this does not answer a couple of questions here, and the one question being, what the... A National Guardsman would not freak out at the sight of an owl. Okay, he wouldn't. Chances are that... Uh, I don't 
I mean, I guess, yeah. I'm I don't know, a, man. I'm getting a lot of credit. How long to has the he National been in Guard there? How, how much experience does he have hunting for things in the woods with civilians? You I know, also, like maybe he's feeding off the energy. Yeah, that is true. That's a very valid point. I, I'm in the camp that I believe I don't think anyone re- would react to an owl with fear. Perhaps some type of anxiety or jumpiness. Yeah, just like caution, like that thing's got some fucking claws on him. But to actually be afraid to a point where you are running the other way, leaving like your equipment behind because you're so afraid you're just running, I find that a little bit hard to swallow, for me personally. Very suspect. Um, it also does not answer the question of the light, the source of light... Um, because just because they say there was a meteor that could be seen over West Virginia does not answer the idea of the crash or the light being emitted from something that they're seeing fall out of the air. Yeah. So that's another uh, point of contention there. Then we move into the smell. Uh, barn owls do not emit a pungent, misty smell that like fucking makes you want to throw up. Unless it's covered in poop or something, I don't know, but uh, maybe. But then how is it vaporizing it? I don't know, all these things, but uh, it is fucking weird. The biggest question of all, back to the beginning of this episode, why in God's name would they call in Dr. J. Allen Hynek to investigate a barn owl sighting? Why would they waste this individual's time? This guy's working on top-secret government shit yeah, that has to deal with aliens and UFOs and, like, maybe the state of national security. And they're going to have this dude go out to West Virginia to investigate what might have been a fucking owl. And not even so much their, like, misuse of his expertise. It's like, why would he be, like, totally flipped on his opinion of these things mm-hmm. if it was just a barn owl? Exactly. You know? And I, and I know that's it's just one facet on this huge like Project Blue Book mm-hmm. scenario. <laughs> There's a lot of shit in there, but uh, I don't know, man. I feel like he he's a man of science. It has to be consistent. It has to all be all encompassing. So for him to change his mind and for like there to be duds in certain places, that doesn't line up. Right, and I mean. I know I just said that, like, you know, quote, the credible sources being the adults. You can't write off what the children have seen because there's a difference between one kid saying they saw something and a group of children corroborating on a single story. I don't know. For those of you out there, I don't know how familiar familiar you are uh, working with children. But for those of you that are, you understand that it is not easy to get a group of children to all follow through on one plan, okay? Oh, yeah. This is not some mastermind behind this, like, we're all going to say this, okay? It doesn't work as easily with kids as it does with adults, okay? That's why parents scream into pillows. And for three to five children to all witness the same thing and all be able to corroborate the same visual with each other and others, that's a big sign to me. Like, that is big. If there's one thing children are when it comes to being scared, a lot of the time they're honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I uh, I know that was a bit longer, but I th- that was really... I liked it. I don't really have much else, honestly. That, so was, that, was... that was part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because I wanted, I wanted to be able to talk about the Flatwoods Monster story, but it, it it's not enough to merit its own episode. And no, it fits yeah. very smoothly into the idea of disclosed UFO cases. Yeah. Because it's very interactive. I mean, it has to deal with the government, 
uh, citizens of just everyday people, a UFO, and a fucking alien. So there, it, it's got everything you want. It's the Mac Daddy. It's got drawings. It's got everything. It ha- It is the Mac Daddy of stories. Uh, you mentioned this was my favorite story. Yes. And I had to think for a second. I was like, what is he talking about? I was like, no, it's going to be the Flatwoods Monster, I think. And, yeah, you were spot on. And I think, like, I don't, not the only reason, but, like, probably the biggest reason this is my favorite story is the description. Dude, it How looks everyone, wicked. everyone has the same description, and the description of the the being itself is just like I don't know. I think it's really cool and unique. From, it's scary. Like, any other fuck. story? If you, like, I, we'll post the picture for sure. It's scary. Like it is creepy. It's hard to look yeah, at dude. it in like the black and white rendition of it and not be like a little like freaked out by. It. Like it is a creepy looking thing. Dude, ten feet tall with glimmering eyes and like fucking. Long ass face. It's that's creepy. I want to throw in red another, face. What are you talking about? I got a quick little tidbit here, okay. And I, I, the only reason I'm throwing this one out there, I I don't even know the particular name. It's a story that I had come across like a long time ago, uh, just l- like listening to different alien abductions and UFO cases. And there was one instance of a man who was abducted by aliens, right? And he was brought to this secret. Well, he's supposedly secret or just some type of base where, you know, he didn't know where he was. He was not sure what part of the world he was in. And it was dealing with the men in black, okay? And the men in black were asking him questions and trying to get information from him. Uh, And for those of you that are unaware of the men in black, a real, real cursory thing. A lot of people that see UFOs or aliens or sometimes even Bigfoot and cryptids, uh, they're sometimes visited by what are called the Men in Black, or MIBs. MIBs. And these are very, very, very plain-looking white men, uh, typically bald or wearing a wig, like a very obvious wig. Yeah, and like sometimes their features are like painted on, or they appear to be like their lips look like lipstick. Yeah, they're very and, like, strange all that shit. It's looking. super weird. And when I say white men, I don't mean... Like a They're white like, man. It's like olive tone. Yeah, like, I mean, like, damn near translucent skin. Like, very yeah. pale, sickly almost. And they will kind of ask questions like, you know, what'd you see? Where'd you see it? Who'd you see it with? Blah, 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 blah. And they're very mysterious. They're all, okay? yeah, also sort of like robotic to the point where people also think that they might not be human. Mm-hmm. There is like footage of like, of some supposed men in black walking into places and like their knees like go the wrong way at certain points and like there's all this weird shit surrounding that would be a cool episode in the future at some point no definitely just the mibs but the reason i bring this up is because there's a story of someone who was with the mibs okay and he is telling them certain things that he'd seen answering their questions and they're they're in no way like rude or offensive or uh, violent they don't have enough emotions to be rude no they're very just you know straight to the facts like you know tell me this tell me that tell me this and there comes a point in the conversation where he asks them questions and they don't answer and he gets to a point where he says can i see your true form because this guy's kind of aware of like the situation he's in you know and they grant him his wish, okay? And lo and behold, they turn into the Flatwoods Monsters. Both of them. Both men in black turn into a ten-foot-tall, ace-of-spades, like, head-shape, green-eye, claw-having 
monster. Just sitting on this guy's sofa in his family room? Well, no, he's in some type of weird, like, base oh, okay. he was taken All right. to. All right. But I... I mean, I I can't really corroborate that story because not only do I not have the detailed information on it, but it is a story that's out there circulating on the internet. And I just find it interesting because it's really the only other time that the Flatwoods monster visually ever comes up ever again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you might even be asking yourself, like, well, what happened to it? After they ran away, no one ever saw it again. Like, it was never spotted again. Uh, it's nowadays it's really just West Virginian folklore. So they got the Flatwoods Monster and Mothman. They're two for two. And they're a hotbed. Um, but yeah, I mean, no one ever saw it again, and it's very unique, I think, because it's not your typical alien story. I mean, they're they don't it, the Flatwoods Monster does not fit into a nice little category. It it just doesn't. No. It's kind of its own thing, and I mean. Who knows exactly what it is? I mean, it could, it's, it's got a lot of the common tropes of like alien crash and like appearance, but the appearance of the thing itself—that's I've never heard anything like. that. No, exactly. It's totally different than you know? what I've ever heard. And I mean, there's thousands of stories out there of people seeing aliens or what they believe to be aliens. And none of them line up with what this thing looks like. I mean, this is completely unique. And this kind of, that kind of adds it to me because if it was a barn owl, I think we would have more sightings like that because barn owls are real animals. So wouldn't that be something that might be mistaken for more than once? Yeah. No, that is a good point. It, people have never really mistaken it again, right. at least publicly. So uh, who knows? I mean, I don't have the answers. to the, These are all rhetorical questions I'm answer, a- asking here. But it, it's interesting to think about because who knows what the hell's out there? Yeah, I have no idea. But yeah, neither does the government, and they're declassified shit. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most important things to note on this episode. It's something that I have said a lot. I'm sure I've said it on this show. I don't know when, so go back and listen to all of our old episodes. Even if you don't listen to them, go back and listen to them again. Yeah, it might take you until the next new episode next week. Uh, to get there, but yeah, just, just hit play on episode one and just let it ride. Yeah, let's just see where it takes us. But the way I the way I look at things is it's very simple, and that is this: even if you do not believe in UFOs or aliens or the possibility that they could exist, you don't necessarily have to, because the government does. The government takes these very seriously. Yeah. They investigate them. They classify all the information they get on it, never to be seen by the light of day again. And even when it is declassified, it's heavily redacted to the point yeah. where you don't get the information. And that's really the most valuable thing to come from declassification is to see that they don't know either. Right. And, and like, it was shrouded in all this, like, oh, we can't speak on that. We're, we're not allowed to talk about that. It's like... Ooh, they might know something that they're not allowed to tell us. But no, it's just they're working on it. They still don't know, just like us. Yeah. And like that confirmation is the biggest thing to come from this like COVID bill slipped in uh, declassification little boy. Yeah, that is so weird. I it's, don't know how it's that weird. Happened. I'm okay with it though. I think it's cool. I uh I dig it. Gave us this episode. Yeah, it did. I'm very I'm very glad Thanks. that we have to talk about this because it's it's something that 
I think it's nice because if we were to talk about, like, I'd love to do Kexburg. That would be that'll be coming up soon Down at some the list. point. Um, there's a lot of different alien stories, and I think this is kind of what's been missing is this dialogue about what we're dealing with. You know, because it's easy to look at a story or someone's telling of what happened to them, and it's very easy to write it off. But what you don't see is that the powers that essentially run this country, the people that make the decisions and operate everything that we see and do in the United States and arguably around the world, they're just as curious as we are. Yeah. Like they want the answers arguably something's more than there. us. Something's there. Yeah, something's out there. So when it when it's enough to get their attention, it's enough to at least open the door to the conversation that maybe there is some weird shit going on. It begins. So with all that being said. Yeah, we are starting a cult that was grand. Jake Mitch was here. He was. He, he still was. Is. He's still I'm staring at him in he's, his eyes. He's literally just sitting here. He's still Kind eyes, out. yes. But. Yeah. We will be back next Friday with a great episode. An episode I'm really excited to dive into. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be. Dive. Oh, my God. You'll get that next week when you hear what the topic well, is. But it's going to be badass. Um, we're going to record something on Tuesday for the Patreon. That we are. That's going to be so good. We're going to be able to tell you guys all of our thoughts on the new Mortal Kombat movie. It's true. We're about to watch it right now. Because, yeah, we're going to watch it. And, After uh, we get some beef sandwiches. Oh, that's true. All right. But, um, yeah, that's the most Midwestern thing we've ever done. <laughs> we're going to get some beef sandwiches, come home, and watch a movie. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> in much. our house. That sums up uh, the evening. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, follow us on all the shit, you know? Yeah, uh, Twitter, definitely Instagram, check Facebook. us out. We got YouTube there. We got the... We're on Acast. You know that. We're on all the stuff you're listening. And Patreon, as always, is down below. There's a link there. Absolutely. Yeah. Please, uh, patrons... And people who want to become patrons, please, please, please shoot us an email. Let us know what size shirt you wear and how we can get it to you. Because these shirts are burning a hole in my pocket right now. They're all in my pocket, and they're burning a hole in it. Yeah, so So, you get, uh, uh, yeah. So hit us up. Let us know where we can get this. We want you to have it. We want you to be able to be a part of our community slash cult slash religion slash Gomex-loving Americans. And, you know, people all around the world, not just Americans. We'll find the Gulan. But, uh, yeah, so we will be back. Uh, We love you guys. And have a safe or an unsafe week, depending on how you want to live your life. You know life is chaos. Just do whatever you want. Terrific. Yeah. Bananas. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.